We learned something really valuable tonight. <laughs> Jen's going to tell you. We learned the only thing you need to survive in your marriage. I mean, thrive in your marriage. Oh, I mean, it is big. It is big. Yeah. Tonight, we sat down with Dr. Jessica Griffin from Lifetime's Married at First Sight. She's awesome. She has a brand new book that just came out with Dr. Pepper Schwartz, and she tells us everything we need to know. So before we get into the episode, if you are watching us on YouTube, please make sure to go to your favorite podcast platform and follow us. Follow Rate us. review if you feel so inclined. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, please check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash hi, my name is mom and follow, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you can do. Do all that. Follow at hi, my name is mom official on socials. Let's get into the episode. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives, and at the end of the day, we are all moms, all at the same time and never in the same order. <laughs> this is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. Hi. Nice Hi. to meet you. Hi, Emily. nice to meet you too. So I'm Jen. Jen. And Corey. Okay. Corey. That's what I thought. So Jessica, it's nice to see yeah, you both. Nice to see you. Jen and I were wondering if you could help us figure out how to not want to murder our partners after kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying figure. I'm contemplating murder because I realized that you would have to divulge that information. Um, <laughs> Hold on. Right. Let me Venmo her only, a dollar. So only if patient. you told me that you had a plan and an, an actual <laughs> intent, then, you know, and depending what state you're living in. We probably all um, have intent. But we have good, we have we have good marriages, and still the fairness game, the who did what mm -hmm. uh, last time. Even when you have generous partners, I feel like can just drag yeah. you down. So um, we figured we would ask you if you have advice because once you have kids, it all changes. I mean, you can be a fully independent, responsible human when it's just taking care of your own stuff, and then you introduce tiny humans <laughs> who don't do anything at first and can't do anything except make a mess. And yeah. then you have all of these extra things that have to be done that aren't just about you. Right. Tiny humans change the game. And I talk about, I actually talk about this in the book um, where there's this idea, everyone's like, oh, having children is going to change your life. And, you know, the, all the positive things that go into having kids. It, and what I say to people, and I experience this myself personally, it's not that having kids changes your life. It's that your life is over. The life that you have, your life is over. The life that you knew is done. It is over. You have a new oh life now. You well, have see a new that. Talk about now. resetting expectations. Yeah. There you go, everyone. It was nice having you on, Dr. Thank Jessica. You. Shortest podcast in history. Shortest podcast. Your life is over. Good luck with that. Now you know. Uh, You're welcome. Now you know. So, but basically, but the idea is that if it, if you have that mindset that that life that I had before with my partner is now over and we have a new life. And it doesn't mean that it is worse than the one we had before, but unless there's some conversation around and an opportunity to sort of mourn the life you had before, which had all that spontaneity, which had, you know, you could t stay up late if you wanted to and do things that were just for you or for the two of you, that's now done. And life looks different now. And it doesn't mean that the new life you have isn't better than before and more fulfilling, but there has to be a conversation at some point or understanding that that, life that you had before is no longer. So this is maybe a really good time to introduce the fact that you just had a book come out. And and even though we're recording this the day your book is released, I think, right? It Today? is. It well, is. Actually, this is two weeks later, but congratulations. You. you had a Thank lot you. to celebrate last weekend. 
I have had a lot to celebrate. Yes. A lot, a lot to celebrate. Yeah. We, so, um, Pepper and I, Pepper Schwartz, Dr. Pepper, as folks may know her from Married at First Sight and I wrote a book called Relationship Rx, which is prescriptions for lasting love and deeper connection. But the idea is that, um, this week, this came to be over a couple of like late nights, um, over wine, um, or coffee in the mornings and where we've been talking about, you know, the, one of my favorite things to do or favorite parts about television when I was doing television was having the platform to reach people who aren't going to normally like see a therapist who aren't going to try to, to, you know, even call up somebody to get input on their relationship. But I would hear from people over social media or email saying, Hey, I tried the thing you suggested and it totally helped. And so we thought like, wouldn't it be great if we could come up with a book or some a book or something like it, where we could share what we know works exercises that we use with couples or suggest and deliver it in a way that's palatable that people who we know most people aren't going to see a therapist. I'm all about working with professionals, but most people aren't going to do that or they wait couples on average wait six years before seeking professional help for their relationships. Well, and doing a lot of damage, point, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so by that point, half of them are doomed because they there's been so much resentment that's built up over time where had they been taking their relationship vitamins every day, simple things you could be doing, you could avoid that from happening. So that was really the idea behind the book. We divided it at, you know, three different sort of, um, you'll meet three different couples in each chapter at different stages of the relationship. So some who are doing really well, their things are going well, but they want to strengthen their relationship. And that's sort of our mild vitamins level couples. And then the second um, tier would be couples who are now having some struggles. And if they don't do something, it's going to be a bigger problem down the road. Um, and that's sort of that medicine level where we are a little get a little bit more intense with our suggestions and recommendations. And then the last one is the couples who are having severe marital problems or relationship problems that warrant what we call relationship CPR. So that's really where we make suggestions on here's the kinds of professionals to be working with on those topics. I was going to say open yeah. relationship surgery, but that kind mm -hmm. of takes things in a whole other direction. Right. Well, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and we address lots of different types of couples in the book. One thing that was really important for me that we couldn't necessarily get into in the context of like when we did t TV together, and you all know this being in the business, we couldn't represent the diversity that no. we really wanted to. So it was important for me to include um, couples who are gay, lesbian couples, couples from different cultural backgrounds, ethnicities, et cetera, religious viewpoints. So there's lots of different couples in the book and each chapter focuses on a different topic like sex, finances. There's a chapter on ch children and parenting, um, household responsibilities, sort of the biggies that uh, come up when we're having relationship Stuff. Okay. Well, I have a question. Can I just yeah. dive in and ask? Yeah. All right. Okay. So Halfway. here's the thing. So I'm a huge fan of therapy. I was raised by a woman whose motto was every mom's job is to give her children something to go to therapy for. So I love, <laughs> I love therapy. Adrian and I have been in therapy since, I mean, before we even got engaged in different states. We've That's had great. Great, great therapists. All right. So he is, uh Oh, hold on. Sorry. There we go. Uh, he's now sober. Thank God. I love that he doesn't drink and his emotions and his emotional health have totally shifted, which is to be expected. Right. Right. So Adrian 
now has your, a love Adrian's language. your husband. It's my husband. Okay. Now has a love language that I don't understand. His love language is now physical touch, whereas before it never was. He never wanted what me was close enough. Previous. Well, love he language. never wanted me close enough to be able to tell if like he'd been oh. drinking or if there was something going on. So his whole love language has changed. I'm not a physical touch person. What am I going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to snuggle you right up. I'm you gonna, gonna, and you will mm-hmm. stay there. I do this. I walk in <laughs> and I'm like, hi. <laughs> and I am a physical touch love language person. I know. Person, so. we, th- can your love language change? Or can it be sort of like masked? Is that a thing for, for spouses? Oh, I think so. For sure. I think, I mean, your love language can change over time. I I I love the concept of love languages because it ha- helps it helps to open the conversation with your partner about how you feel loved and how you feel appreciated. I think sometimes it puts us in a box. Cause for example, I am all the love languages. I want all of it. I want, I want the physical I touch. That. I want the words. I want the yeah. presence. I want the, yep. um, and, but it looks, it can look different from partner to partner. What I love about love languages though, is that it opens up the conversation. So how can I, how can you feel loved and appreciated? Um, and sometimes just giving, having the conversation about it can open up the door to getting what you need in your relationship. Um, and so love languages gives you sort of that framework or template to talk about it. I think though, like your physical touch that can change over time too. I mean, you may have even noticed hormones can play a role in that. Like, do you, I don't know if you have this experience, um, in any of your pregnancies, but there were times where I'd be like, get, the hell away from me. Do not touch me. Don't come near me. And then I had a pregnancy where I'm like, I just wanted this person close all the time. Don't leave my side. Hormones can play a role. Aging can play a role. Of course, if, if, um, alcohol has been an issue or substances that can mask a lot of things, it's just can sort of numb everything. So you're not really sure what you need, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that they can change over time. By the way, more than one. Because knowing you guys, so he lost a significant oh, amount yeah. of weight. So part of that is probably like he wants you to touch his hot oh, bod. Yeah. He's like he, he does. You know, before you know when you've got a little muffin top and someone puts their hand around your waist and you're like, I just am self conscious okay. of that little mm-hmm. bit of whatever yeah. you're feeling. It's so true. that's probably changed for him too. I think it has. We did an experiment last February. <laughs> We've talked about this on the podcast. We were like, let's have sex every day for a week and let's just see what happens to our relationship. And a week turned into a month and a month turned into a year. And granted, we have like an occasional day off or whatever, but it has really changed us. And so now I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not a physical touch person. Like I give, I give you physical touch every day. I mean, I was going to say, you can't tell me you're not a physical touch person if you're having sex every day. I'm going to tell him you said that. Yeah. You're like, my type of physical touch is like just very specific to body parts. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh all right sorry for my Meanwhile, icebreaker question I, I, you talking no, like about it. that having that much sex just makes me feel tired well, when my friend who kind of inspired this when she used to tell me that she had sex every day i mean and again it's like there's a couple days a month where they don't but for the most part they connect every day i thought she was crazy i'm like who wants to be t- i'm touched out i'm a mom of four i'm over this like i don't need to be touched every day no you're getting that oxytocin release though from your husband. Ooh, you're like, so that is something that, oh. so that is actually helping keep you connect, keeping you connected. Now you can get the same release from like a 60 second hug that you can from sex just sort of brings it up like 
10 notches. Um, but you, you can also get oxytocin released, by the way, from like pet, like snuggling with pets or cuddling with kids, uh-huh. but it's a different intensity with um, sexual activity. Well, that also so, makes sense because she, they, it was when she weaned her last child oh, yeah. that the physical touch really switched over to her and her husband. That's See? So you were getting all that. I was getting all the snuggles. Science, yeah. baby. Science. Yeah. She still co-sleeps <laughs> with us. You guys know this, right? We kicked her out of the bed. Well, I know you probably don't know this. We kicked her out of our bed. She sleeps on the floor next to us, but every night at like 4 a.m., she's like back up in between us. It's, yeah. it's out of control. Well, with and you talking, and she's four. <laughs> she like cuddles. It's like this. Oh, it's so cute. No, just my nine-year-old will still show up in the middle of the night. So yes. it's just, and I'm all about it. All Love about it. it. It's, like, it's only going to last for so long. Now my 14, if my 14 year old was coming in at night, mom, then I'd be like, okay, you know, it's now it's getting thing. weird. My 13 year old does not come in, but ever. Right. So if she did, there would be a problem, but she has been asking me to lay with her at bedtime again, which is something that that's she, really sweet. It is amazing because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, gosh, you're you're getting into these crazy years, right? And and now if if you're asking for that, I'm gonna like accept it. Yeah. Major like open arms because yeah, yeah, take what you can get. And that's it's such a critical age. And when they're reaching out like that, um, it's it's a gift. And it's also helping them transition sometimes to the next sort of phase they're going through mm-hmm. developmentally. I mean, so much happens around adolescence, you know, the just the amount that's shifting and changing. And um, I mean, it's the reason why adolescents sleep second to infants, right? Because there's just so much changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. They need that much sleep. And so because there's so much changing physically, there's also so much changing psychologically. And so sometimes just like seeking mom's comfort is going to sort of settle her system to help her sort of navigate to that next transition. That makes me so Um, happy. That's awesome. What do you find with, you know, you talked about how you have a whole, a whole chapter dedicated to couples with kids. Yeah. What do you find? Cause you know, those early years with kids are so busy that I can imagine many people don't find the time to seek out therapy because life just feels like it gets full so quickly. Mm -hmm. Time is just all of a sudden a thing that you can't find, Yeah. Um, including time with your partner. What do you find with the couples you've worked with? Is there a is there one instigating thing between couples with kids that sends them to therapy or that you find to be a consistent issue when couples have kids? I mean, this is going to sound like a total therapist cop out, but it, it's true. Communication. It's the num- number one thing. So nothing's going to be 50-50. There's going to be a parent who's doing the lion's share of the work. Um, both, both of you are going to be, you know, Having young children, it's a struggle of, am I going to take a shower today? Never mind, like call up the therapist or make, you know, prioritize date night. It's really about talking to each other about it, being open. Even if you need to have some sort of code word, like I'm going to lose my shit. Oh, can I, I can't swear on this. Yeah, Yeah, you can say whatever you want. So you need to have a, some sort of code word where you're like right at that point and you need your partner to come in, step in, give you a break. Um, but I think communication is is key. And then the prioritization of time and what that looks like. Ideally, you're having a date night every week. That doesn't mean that you're going out to dinner every every week. It may mean that you're putting the kids to bed, you know, a half an hour early so that you can have a time to connect and order takeout or put, you know, break out whatever your game the two of you like to play or whatever your thing is. Um, prioritizing at least 
once a week doing that, which is very hard um, for couples with new kids, especially first um, time parents find that I've have to do a lot of coaching around that, that it really is actually good for your kids to have that someone else watch them. So the two of you can prioritize each other. It's easier said than done. I made mistakes myself in that department because it's all about the kid. You, you, then weeks go by and then months go by. And yeah. then you're like, who the hell are you? And how did we end up here? Yeah. And if you don't do that, the, the risk is you're not going to recognize your partner and you're not going to recognize yourself when you finally come up for air. Which isn't great for the kids no. either. No. I'm a big believer in what you just said. Yeah. And I usually encourage friends who are first time moms to, because it can be heart wrenching when you first leave your kid with a sitter and all of a sudden the mom guilt sets in. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like it's important for kids to see that. that yeah. But you said something about 50 50. And I feel like sometimes that idea in and of itself can create problems where it's like, the fairness game, the tit for tat, and then mm -hmm. one or the other partner martyring themselves, but then feeling resentment over it. And those day-to-day -day chores, you know, we were laughing mm -hmm. over a post that you did recently. It was really <laughs> funny. What it was about wash, like it was the washing the dishes washing is the like dishes. the biggest yep. chore it's the best, thing. It's the best foreplay. But I feel yeah. like the, the 50, 50 thing can almost get us in trouble where it's like, yeah. I did this last time and you did this and the keeping Keep score yeah, it, we have we get an, we have an entire chapter just on household responsibilities, and then there's another one on unmet expectations because it's really what the expectation is. And if yeah. you have the idea that it's got to be divided fifty fifty, you're already shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, it's never going to be fifty fifty. And as far as we've gotten in our society about things like gender equity, all the research on household responsibilities and dividing tasks still. Even when women are both fully employed, when women are fully employed, both people are working, women still have the lion's share of the work. I don't um, know if this is true, but I have read in several places that everyone overestimates how much they're doing, but men vastly overestimate. <laughs> vastly. That's that's 100% true. So people will overestimate it, but men like tenfold, like Why is overestimate that? so Why much. Is that? I don't know. And, you know, I still it's can't get around with something to get with a Napoleon complex, but it's not. Yeah. Not you know, it, I still struggle with the, this whole issue of like the hampers right here. My kids do the same thing. The hampers here. Why is it that the clothes are next to literally next to the hamper on the floor? Like you had to actually like intentionally put those by the hamper and not like in the hamper. How is this happening? And who do you think puts those clothes in the hamper? How does that how does that happen? Or the dish that's on the counter, but like not in the dishwasher. How do you think it gets from there into the dishwasher? Um, so I think a part of it is one, changing your expectation around it to, again, back to my theme around communication, talking about it. We actually get into some practical tools that we use to talk, help couples talk about household responsibilities. And they're some are sound mundane, but the idea is that list out every single thing, every thing that you do inside and outside of your house. Ooh, um, I love that. And you write every single yeah. thing down, they write their list and then you combine lists mm -hmm. and then you go through and go through each one. It sounds boring and it might be. So open a bottle of wine when you do this and talk about each one. What, what do you like to do? What do you not like to do? And don't expect that you're only going to get to do the chores you like to do. Mm -hmm. 
So what are chores like? Okay, I'll do this. And that wouldn't that. be called chores. It'd be fun. Here's the list right, of be fun. fun. So what what do you what do you prefer doing? What do you hate and despise doing? And are there things on the list that we could actually do together? Because oh. the research shows that couples who s- split the chores and do them together mm. end up getting it done like, like two thirds faster than couples. Like I think it's like sixty something percent faster than couples who divide everything and you could sort of all do your own thing. And you're actually enjoying the time with each other. What could be a date? So it's like yeah, it's like an opportunity. It sounds it's not the sexiest date, like let's do the hair in the socks date tonight. Socks. (laughs) Hair it with Yellowstone and some Chinese takeout. And that's a win. That sounds like a perfect. You know what? In this phase of life, walking through Kroger holding hands with no kids is a date. We do that on Sunday mornings now. That's a thing for us. I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I talked on that, my post about dishes. So Mm -hmm. it's actually women that find that like that's related to the greatest increase in activities in the bedroom. Men, their top preferred chore to, to um, actually share is going to like BJ's going to like, like a wholesale is sharing the shopping leads to the greatest action in the bedroom for the, the woman and that's talking about heterosexual relationships, but, Oh, I'd be way um, more into the shopping. Than so the if my husband like, wants yeah, to come with me to the store, I'm going to be more into him in the bedroom. And if he wants to help me with the dishes, he's going to be more into me. No, the other way, other way around, other way, flip it. Okay. Yeah. All right. If he, cause flip I was going to say, if he helps it. me with the dishes, I am. Yeah. No dishes. He are... does the dishes. Every, that is my biggest. That's his thing. He does the dishes. Cause I, he also makes the bed. Yeah. He's, and if he's they're down now. there doing the dishes, you know, it, it's fine. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you? And then think about outsourcing. That's the other thing. And oh, people yeah. are different, different yeah. phases of their yeah. lives financially. But, you know, for me, it is, there are certain things where I'm like, what's my time worth? Yeah. And so I, you know, I have cleaning people come, who come and clean, you know, my house once every week or two weeks. And for me, it was important for my kids to not th- think that that's just what, people do. So right. part of their allowance, if they want their room cleaned, they have to turn over part of their allowance for that to happen or they have to do it themselves. Um, but outsource when you can, if there are certain things like maybe it's landscaping. I personally love to mow the lawn. So that's like, it's like relaxing to me. But if there are things that you both can't stand and you can afford to outsource, then, you know, consider doing that or, you know, bartering with people for, for certain things too. What about when there's, and I know this circles back to communication, but I always think it's interesting to hear different partners perspective on what, you know, we were, we were jokingly like, how do you not want to kill your partner sometimes when they're doing X, Y, and Z? Why are you chewing? I know you just unloaded the dishwasher, but you're chewing so loudly next to me. Those little things that are not a big deal and can even be endearing when you're dating that all of a sudden you're like. Duh. So is is there a thing that is like consistently gets you where it just makes you be like, I'm going to kill you right now with Adrian? Are you asking me that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, what's the thing that you guys I, ask, ready for I this? ask this not because yeah. I want to no, fire no. you up, but because I, I think this. we have such a like a great resource for diffusing that. So Okay, so this is where we should put my question about love languages too. We should put this here. But separate from that... <laughs> My husband, and we've talked about this on our podcast, when he's been here, I think, he is a mouth breather. (laughs) And it drives me up the wall. He will be like this. (sighs) Has that always bothered you? Yes. He'll be sitting next to me on the couch. Now, it's... it's, Is it like sexy breathing? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
No wonder she doesn't want the physical touch. She's like, your mouth breathing is Oh my God, Adrian, I am so sorry, honey. I love love you so much. But you know, yes, especially when we're in, especially when we're in bed. It's not a sexy mouth breathing. I'm like, stop breathing on me. Is it like during sexy time? Yeah, it's just in general. Oh, he mouth breathes. It's in general, sex. but it is also during sex, and I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna, he's gonna kill me. Maybe, maybe he's got like some apnea stuff going on. I said on. that. I said that. Get that checked he doesn't out. Snore though. He's lost huh. 80 pounds. He looks great, but I'm like, but he's still mouth breathing. Do you just go like this, like just think? Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's got like a deviated septum issue. I think oh, he yeah. did break his nose. I mean, Have I you? Did. Yeah, I think he did break his nose. I should yeah, have him I check it. Have him check. I go go to an ENT, have that checked out. I didn't know I had a deviated septum until my ENT found it. I was in a, um, I was mountain biking with my sister and like went ass over tea kettle, like oh. flipped my bike and landed mm. on, on my face. That's brutal. Um, and that apparently is when I, I did it, but I had a hard time breathing. So I was thinking I was doing more mouth breathing while I was sleeping. I don't think it sounded weird. It doesn't sound I weird. I, I joke. I joke about the way it sounds. The ASMR it's more, of it all. It's the ASMR. Yeah. It, it, it is more the, I, I can't. I'm sorry. I have also, is it called misophonia? Yeah. You and I both with like weird sound. <laughs> we can't. We have a co-host, Kayla, who cracks her knuckles oh. on the mic. Oh. And it, we lose it our. It gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> I would sit in a movie theater before marrying my husband. And if someone was like rhythmically chewing popcorn, I would oh. almost have to move. And I married a man who. Rhythmically, 70% of the time gets the most giant bowl of popcorn you have ever seen in your life. Like it might be the full microwave popcorn size or, or an air pop, but it's like this big and it takes them like four. I always say it's a 45 minute popcorn. And I have learned for it, like to have it not bother me because I love him that much. (laughs) But our thing that it's typically because I'm tired because we're overtired as most parents are, Yes, but he is. His 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 natural body clock is to stay up late at night. Well, he's it in doesn't radio. help. You may not. Know. He, he he's a radio personality, so he does. He was used to drive time radio. For he a long did time. drive time. Then he switched to early mornings, where he was getting up at three a.m. He hasn't gotten enough sleep in decades. decades. But he loves to stay up late, and it like I I know all the rules about what you're not supposed to do when you're falling asleep. But he's got a TV on, and he's on his phone playing a game. <laughs> and those are not things that you can be like. Maybe that's what's keeping you awake later because like, well, that's my one time to decompress. But it's tricky because I also, I am that person who is like a people pleaser and I'm like, he does so much. He works so hard. Like I, he's probably tired, but I do it to my own detriment mm-hmm. until the point that I'm so like, oh, I've been with these kids it's Saturday morning and I've been up since 645 and it's and that I get resentful, resentful. And that's more on me. Cause I can go wake him up, but then he's like, why didn't you wake me up? And but here's, here's him. When you wake him up <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, he hates me. And if he gets up oh. early, once I get up at nine o'clock, he goes back to bed. So mm. it is this, that is the, how truly, do you change the body clock? How do you change the body clock? Or like it, it let him have his me time, which is important to him. And I feel like he deserves Without feeling like it's, I, I told him, I'm like, I just want to live our life together. I don't want to always be the first half of the day. Then you take the kid to whatever they need to be to, or mm-hmm. like, you know, so it just feels like a sh- it creates a ships in the night sort of a dynamic yeah. that I don't like because I want to be together. So is there a way yeah. I can approach it without making him feel, because I truly want to, I want him to feel rested. I want him to feel like he gets the me time that he wants and deserves. Yeah. And I mean, that I, I don't blame you because you, as you've said, you're 
he's missing out on half the day by the time he's up. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's not like it's coming from a negative place on your part. You want to spend time with him and you want to like share your life. And so one of the things I think putting it out there, not when you're in the middle of a fight. So you never want to bring up like, how are we going to resolve this when you're in the middle of it? So wait till like things are calm and be like, gee, hon, you know, one of the things I've noticed, or he may already know it's an issue. So I'd really like to put our heads together and figure out how we can address this issue about you sleeping in more and me about our clocks not being in sync. I'd like to figure out a way to get us a little bit more in sync. We don't have to be perfectly, but just so we can maximize our time together um, and still give you the the me time that you need. And by the way, I need me time too. Um, and so, and by the way, he is like. Go to the podcast, go to whatever. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many other places where he is so generous with. There's no, like. It, it's very it, difficult. It, it's such a good relationship. Yeah. We do have very it's, involved it's a weird spouses. It's such a so I, I actually thing. almost feel. I mean, my husband wrote seven parenting books. You know, he's. Oh, I, I, saw, I saw that on your. I listen, checked out your site ahead of time. I'm like, he sounds say, like an awesome dude, cool. this and, guy. And he's very, very involved. And yeah, the same with so Ty. And, yeah, that, that's, I think, so almost I actually harder feel kind than, of guilty. It's almost harder because he's such a great dad yeah. and partner. I've been trying to reset my expectations so that I go, you know what? This is the one thing that he, like, is really important to him. He likes to sleep in. So if I take away the 50 50 of it all, because I love him so much. And I just go, you know what? I, if he can give me like two mornings a week, which he has been doing, that that I sleep in or he gets up or whatever the case. Because he's apologized to me before. Hey, it wasn't fair of me to say, well, are you getting up? Because it doesn't necessarily have like we could get up together, mm-hmm. which doesn't that's yeah. what that's probably something I need to ask for. Can we get up together a couple more? Yeah, like give him a- like what right. if you're sitting and there it- while I'm having my coffee? That'd be so cool. <laughs> and it doesn't mean he has to give it up completely. Yeah. I mean, if the, t- so I, it's, it sounds like, I mean, you're doing all the things I would suggest doing, like talking about it, negotiating, like thinking about, okay, two days a week he sleeps in or two days a week he doesn't, whatever that looks like. And every, every couple's got to figure out your rhythm and your relationship yourself. Don't compare yourself to your friends down the street or what their husbands do, especially if you, if you know they're doing so much. I think come at it from a sort of positive space that I love you so much. I miss you when I have these five hours. And I am nerdy like that. You are nerdy like that. And I I miss you and I want to be with you and connect with you. And I want to make fun of what the heck the kids are doing right now. Or I want to just like enjoy coffee. And I'm not saying I need it every day, but could we try two days a week? And then when he does it, you praise the shit out of him for it. Like really like this was so made me feel so good. Thank you so much. Whatever his love language is like tenfold, double down on whatever you need to do. Yeah. So Positive that she gets the message. She's saying, yes, she's saying that's have, what the, it is. have the sex that night. Have all the sex that night. <laughs> or that Whatever morning. thing is. When he gets or up, morning. When he gets up, it's cool. Yeah. Go back to the bedroom. Good oh my gosh. If only, morning, like, if only sex in the morning were like a, a, I know. a thing we could do could with be. a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Yeah, this is, this is, yes, you got to get creative. We are very spontaneous. We're not big planners. We've had to, mm-hmm. we've had to really lean into that more with having so many kids. And so, so many, I said, I don't know. It's not that many, but it's more than I ever thought I would have. woman in a shoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're coming out the shoe windows. Um, I've always said, but, if you have three, you can have seven. So yeah, but I more. really could be more intentional about like, here's exactly what I need. Just in the way that some people say you actually have to carve time for sex when you have kids, which you I do. don't, I, I get it. It sounds crazy. I, I put it. it in the count. Ca- well, not anymore, but I used to put it in the counter cause it was only happening like once every three weeks. 
Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this night. Well, I'm in that phase. That's actually an, that's an exercise we have in the book. It's, it's like schedule the sex. Mm-hmm. Like if, really? if that's a dynamic in your relationship, then put it in the calendar. It sounds unsexy, but there's something about having it there and then the anticipation beforehand that you know what's that coming, exactly that you can kind of play around with it. Yep. Um, I had a colleague who he been with his wife for now 40 something years and i've always was like what's your secret he's like sex on sundays oh sex on sundays and they're still Start like the i don't the right way yeah yeah he's in his like 70s now and he's like sex on sundays going I at it that. i love <laughs> my that my husband yeah. says that too though because you know now obviously our sex life is slowed down we're still having sex slowed down three to four times slowed we are down. we are legitimately From- still doing that daily yeah it, yeah <laughs> multiple times daily. i couldn't sustain that okay but you know Several times a week is a lot now. And, you know, but what's funny is he's like, if you just tell me in the morning, like, hey, I'm I'm feeling like maybe I'm going to want to have some sex tonight. He's like, I look forward to that all right. day long, all day long. And I'm like, Aww. still. Yeah. It's now, the anticipation. That's a thing. He does. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Even I feel touched out at times with, with having, you know, three kids. But I'm a big believer in what you were talking about, of like the hug that lasts more than – isn't there like there's a certain number of seconds? I think 60 for, seconds. 60 seconds is like well, the, see, that, yeah, it's, that it's actually it's more than twenty seconds. It's okay. more than twenty seconds, but okay. we just throw Triple sixty it. seconds on. That's a long one minute yeah. hug. Yeah, Adrian, I'm an overachiever, and really? you can just count down in your head, and you're like, "Okay, this can be over in 58 seconds, 57." <laughs> Funny, so that's what I never mind. I was like, getting. Why ready. do I love you so much right now? <laughs> With you working in the industry that you do, are there things that are your go-to's that you're like, "Here's what I fall back on when I feel like I'm missing that connection." Yeah, I sure do. I, for me, it's going back to the, the date night is really important, um, and so I know if I'm feeling disconnected, I'll schedule it and say, "Hey." So, and when my kids go with their dad, we have this sort of ritual where we'll go on a date night, no matter what the day, it could be Monday night, it could be Wednesday, it could be Friday, whatever. And we'll go out and do something, grab sushi, whatever, go for a hike, whatever that looks like. Was last week I scheduled pedicure. So I'm like, you're going with me. That's fine. Um, Yeah, but I'll schedule something. And things, my life has been so crazy for me with our, I, we have the book coming out. I had my brother and his wife and three kids living in my basement for the last six months. Like we've had, just had so much stuff going on. I have, and I run a trauma center for kids at statewide in Massachusetts. That's oh, wow. my day job. So I've just been so busy. And at the end of the day, I'm like exhausted. But when, as you know, when you're busy, you can then start to feel disconnected. So for me, it's, it's you've got to have at least one night a week that's just for the two of you. And when I'm feeling disconnected, it's about, I'll do more of that. Um, he needs, he needs his like me time in the morning. We learned that in our relationship. I try to do like, let's do an early morning hike. And it, the, when we went to do that, it was like the worst <laughs> hike I've ever been on. He's like, be why are you walking? So, he's like, why are you walking so fast? I'm like, I'm not walking fast. I'm literally like drinking my coffee. And it's, it's, it's the morning. And it, it you know, we went at like six or seven in the morning and he's like, it's too early to be going. He's like grumpy the whole time. I'm like, you know, like you do Spartans. How is this too fast? We're literally walking through the woods. But I, I, we joke about it now because it's for him. He needs that sort of hour in the morning. He's, he's a morning person, but he also needs his me time in the morning. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we've had to sort of negotiate that over time. So I do that. Um, what are the other things I think exercise and like either prioritizing both of us working out or even going to the gym together, working out together is, is 
is a go-to for me. Um, I think it helps relieve stress. It helps with, you know, physical activities in the bedroom later on, if you're feeling better about yourself. Um, and we also like cooking together. He oh, yeah. is terrible at cooking, um, but he's a really great <laughs> sous chef. He's so good at chopping. He, he can take so direction hot. well. Oh, that's yeah, he awesome. looks so oh, hot, God. like chopping freaking vegetables. I would take that over the actual cooking any day. That's why I hate please cooking. Look at my Instagram. I put up a thing. So my husband made Kayla some apple Her pies. An amazing cook. When she was down for the count two weeks ago, and man, he was chopping. And I just was like <laughs> way in the bedroom. <laughs> taking a video of him in the kitchen just chopping apples it was the hottest thing i've seen that in a actually, long time i have such an interesting thing to be like what's the hot what's the hottest thing your husband yeah. does that's a, it's it, it is, is a, I have a video this is not for public consumption but i have a video of him standing there shirtless chopping vegetables for a salad and i'm like this is oh my god i love it <laughs> and, and i have and he's like I don't, I don't even, there's just something about this. I, this, I took this like two or three years ago, the video again, not for public consumption <laughs> for my private collection, <laughs> but it's, it's chopping. But, and actually when I n- knew that I, there was something between the two of us, mm-hmm. it wasn't until he was, he had come over, we'd gone hiking together to talk about some shows and things we were supposed to work on. And um, he came over and we were outside with summertime or June. And, um, he was at the time, my nine-year-old was four. And I, I said, listen, you, you can come over, but my kids, um, are going to be there. And it, it was father's day. So they were going to dropped off after, um, being with their dad. And he's like, I said, it's going to be like a lot of swimming pool and Fortnite. He's like, sign me up. Aww. So he comes over and it was when he was throwing Jack, my youngest, and he was throwing him in the pool and I all of a sudden looked at him and I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is, this mm-hmm. is, it, it completely shifted everything to like watch him with my kids. John is amazing with my children, which is not the easiest thing to do going Stepping from like bachelor in. life to three. At the time, my youngest was only four years old. Um, and that was for me like the sexiest thing ever oh. um, is, is how he connected so well with my children. Well, you guys, I mean, you guys are newlyweds. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. It was supposed to be a few years ago, but the stupid global plague happened right. and then shut it down a couple times. But yeah, we got married in October. It was awesome. That's great. Aw, congratulations. Thank you. I, I'm with you. I mean, even, uh, you know, seeing my husband on a day-to-day basis do the little things for our kids and there's like a certain sweetness there mm-hmm. that, you know, he's... And he is a very, I mean, he's a very sweet guy, but there's something about someone loving your kids that yeah. is just priceless. It is. It's funny. I just, I went to your house. We have our studios, a house next door to their home. Can I say that? Are yeah, we, that's fine. Keep that in? Yeah. Um, and, and I went over to the other house cause I thought maybe she was over there and ring the doorbell and Ty answers the door and bash is there. He's like, Hey, Hey Jen. I was like, Hey buddy. And then Teddy, who's two, walks up and she goes, we're going to the Apple store. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> you are plans. the best Big Apple plans. commercial ever in the yeah. world. If you could just yeah. capture that and put that on Instagram. He was so good That's with them. Amazing. He's like, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're going to the Apple store. One of the things I envy about my husband is he doesn't sweat the stuff I sweat. Like, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, um, my middle child had a mouthful of cavities and he's only four. And we're like, how did this happen? And the dentist is going... 
well, the dentin on his teeth is probably just not that great. Sometimes it happens and I'm going, I didn't brush enough. I felt like I gave him juice two times that one day. Like, and then my husband's like, well, he, I guess he'll learn to brush better. Like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't guilt. The guilt doesn't consume him. And I envy the ease with which he parents. So is there, is, is yeah. that, is that just a thing you commonly see with, with moms dads and dads? Dads don't because have dad guilt, really. I, I, I truly would love to be a less anxious mom. I, I was a daredevil mm. before having kids. Now I fear everything. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I, I imagine, I, I know that that's a built-in thing to some degree where, you know, protecting your kids. But do you have any advice for just, like, being more like our partners and just letting those things roll off our back or not the mental load that moms can carry at times where – it might look like we're just chilling out having a glass of wine, but the stuff going on in our head is truly overwhelming. It weighs us down. Yeah. I talk about the cognitive load a lot in the book and in that particular chapter on parenting, because no matter how we try to divide things, we still carry the bulk of the cognitive load. We're the yeah. ones typically not trying to, to totally gender stereotype things, but, um, typically the one worrying about did this, you know, get in doctor appointment, get scheduled, you know, it, what are his teeth? Like my son also had the same, same issues. I'm like, my other kids had no cavities. And then my youngest is like, all of a sudden, like, why does he have a thousand cavities? This is insane. And he was on the bottle for too long, but whatever. Um, (laughs) um, so I think it's, again, it's, it's back to that expectations, like making sure your expectations are more in sync and knowing like you don't, you don't have to be like your husband. You don't have to both parent the same way. I think there's this myth out there that we've got to be on the same page and be this united front. We know the research actually shows that kids benefit from parents that when that have different parenting styles, where one you might be have a parent who's more the disciplinarian or more the rigid parent, and one who's more fun and lackadaisical and and doesn't you know sweat anything. Kids benefit from both parenting styles. So it's just my cross um, to bear. That I have to be the it's, anxious, worrying one. <laughs> well, the mom anxiety is a thing. Yeah, it's, anxiety. It's, yeah. It is a it is a thing. I the same thing happens to me, um, and I think, and it, it depends on sort of what your your journey looked like. I think like my oldest, I he was really colicky. I also had a terrible delivery. Mm. My pregnancy with him was awful, and I think that also contributed to not being sort of in the being the mom I thought I was going to be in my mind when I, you know, grew up and said, this is the kind of parent I'm going to be and all went out the window. And God, I was so fun a psychologist. Yeah. I, so I read crafts. 40 books. I did so yeah. many more crafts. Oh my God. The I, was, I be. made the best snacks. <laughs> yeah. The I was looking, I was, I'm going to have the bento box with the snacks <laughs> oh, God. that they were all organic and all the yeah. stuff. And now that it's like, here's some cheese. Like, first two. Yeah. I gave Sprouted up. Green yeah. Bread I gave only. up. Now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I made my, all my own baby food with the first one, yep. but it, that about, it about killed yeah, me, same, my yeah. anxiety around that. And part of it, I think was also having a difficult delivery, having a colicky kid. Yeah. Um, and then by the time I had my third, it's like, I'm eating the sushi while I'm pregnant. I'm doing the, like all the things I said I wasn't going to do. And he was, is the most well-adjusted. Oh, I love it. He's the little mayor who like, comes up when he was four years old. He would go up in the restaurants and, and say to people, who wants a free American hug? Oh. Just like the funniest <laughs> got kid, so, so laid back. And who wants a free American hug? Was oh the best. He used to do that with Cal, um, who I did, mm-hmm. Pastor Cal and Married at First Sight with. He's like his buddy. Um, we were filming in um, 
St. Lucia at the time. And I got, I took my kids with me and he was like, who wants a free American hug? <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> I was like, who is this kid? That is probably well, the best reason to try to be a less anxious person. I mean, I try to hide it from my You've kids, said but. this though for years. You're like, I'm a great mom of one, a pretty good mom of two and an okay mom of three. And I feel like she's dead on. It just gets... A little bit worse with each one. Yeah. Oh, I'm always like, I'm always, now it's my nine-year-old is always left out because he wants to do things that the little ones will mess up. They'll mess up his yeah. Legos, his coloring, his whatever. Yep. So he's by himself all the time because I can't leave the little ones on their own. There's all these day-to-day things that I know I'm doing my best and I know the fact that I care makes me a good mom. I know that. I get it. And then I also just really want to be more like my husband sometimes. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Out of all of the chapters and out of all the research you and Dr. Pepper did, what is the number one thing that's the most stressful in a marriage? Is there one? Or do you not want to give that away? Do you want to say read the book? No. that's an okay answer yeah, too. To, no, it's okay. You'll have to You'll read have the book. Right now. No, I'll tell you. I mean, our first chapter is one that a lot of relationship books you're going to look at and they'll talk about trust and intimacy and those things. And we do that. We have chapters devoted to those. The first one is actually fear of change. Mm. And I think this is a critical component in relationships where you have this idea and many couples have this idea that I shouldn't have to change who I am for somebody else. Mm. And it, it is a myth that can get in the way of your happiness because we all like we're, we're, human beings are supposed to evolve over time. You don't have to be the same. I, good Lord. I'm glad I'm not the same yeah. person I was at 25 versus 45. Right. Um, but I think in a relationship, it's like, well, why should I have to be the one to change? Why should I have? And so we get into that quite a bit in the book around the sphere of change. Um, you know, couples are going to have your conflicts over finances, over kids, over sex, over household responsibilities, Yes, those are all going to be areas where you might struggle, but it's really about being resistant to changing the way I might do something or trying something new or even being open to negotiating. So what you're saying um, is I have to become a physical touch person. Just bring it. You can, and you, and that doesn't mean, John, that you have to be like Miss Snuggy Bear 24 seven. Like you could like just trying it out, okay. maybe do an experiment for yourself and don't tell him, okay. do an experiment. And do like three minutes a day, maybe two, a couple different points. You come up with a strategy that makes sense for you, but like maybe it's a minute, a minute, three times a day where you intentionally seek him out and, and see what happens. See if you notice any other changes. Don't tell him you're doing it. Give it like one to two weeks and see if you notice a difference. Okay. And then tell me if you notice I something. I like that. Well, but, as a physical touch person, I can tell you that the smallest things make a difference. Like him setting his hand on the small of my back went like yeah. doing anything he says if that he, too if i am like having a night where I, I don't know i just couldn't sleep well or whatever if he just puts a hand on me it is the tiniest things the other thing and i talk about this in the book too to keep in mind that there are certain attachment styles that really need more physical affection and and need that reassurance to sort of settle your your system. So if you have a more anxious attachment style, um, you are going to be a person who craves and needs more reassurance from your partner in the form of physical mm. affection. It'll set, settle the system down. Um, it's less likely to have a sort of worrying and like spinning and yeah. spiraling in your settle mind. Settle the system. That's exactly it, that's exactly what it does for me. It's like on every it's a nervous level. system thing. Yeah, it's a nervous system thing. Yeah. And, and for some people, they're just hardwired 
to need more of that. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with with them. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that that's what you need more of. And so making sure that you're voicing what you need and, and getting it. That makes so much sense. I'm like, I know. hey, will you come over here and settle my nervous system for me, babe? <laughs> Please, would you just... just call me. Yeah, it is. That's that's so crazy. Just a little. All right, I'm gonna I mean, if we could this. just go around and give yeah. people oxytocin nasal spray, right. and we could solve some problems. <laughs> but we can't do that. <laughs> we could awesome. probably fix that yeah. pretty quickly. Well, at least what they can do, though, is get your book. Mm-hmm. Read your book. Can you give us a plug for your book? Tell us the title and where to find I you on totally social. Totally, will give you. Yes, I will give you a plug for the book. I will send you both a copy. Um, so it's called Relationship RX: Prescriptions for Lasting Love and Deeper Connection. It is on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all your major booksellers. Um, I can probably. I don't know if you guys can link to a link to anything yeah. on when you put it out, but I, I can put a code out for a discount for your listeners to get 30% off. Um, And my social media handles are probably my one. I use the most is Instagram. So it's Dr. D R period, Jessica Griffin. That's my Instagram handle. And then at Twitter, I don't use as much um, is at the Dr. Jessica. So the D R Jessica. We're mostly on IG too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we'd love to share I... your link and share a code with our listeners so they can go grab your book. And we also, I feel like we've got to keep her posted now on, uh, oh, yes. On- oh, I want some updates. <laughs> on my experiment. I need all the tea. On my experiment. Yeah. I'll do it. I want to know about this. Well, you know, the other day I did, we were laying down and it was one of the nights we did not have sex and I was on my period. I was like, you know what? I'm just, night I, off. Like, I love flex discs, but I'm like this, it's a night mm-hmm. off. Right. So he had sort of turned over to go to sleep and, and I kind of just reached over and I was doing this. <laughs> See, that's so nice. Because My nervous be, system feels so happy right I'm now. supposed to be touching See? you, right? See? And he's like, Jen, you do not have to do that. <laughs> that feels very forced. <laughs> but he knew what you were doing. That's so I'm funny. Like, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying here. I'm trying. That's all right. But even if he sees you trying, that's, that's huge too. I, okay, no, so we'll, we're going to see what happens Okay, here. so to, to the yeah. partners, wash the dishes, and to us, go shopping, Take do 60-second hugs, and communicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then and write down all those chores. Doggy treats. Write down. Oh, yeah. Oh, write them all down. Doggy treats and go get Dr. Jessica's book. <laughs> there you I go. I want to hear how it goes. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll keep, keep you posted. Update. So you got to update me. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. Bye, <laughs> The Hi, My Name is Mom Studio is brought to you by the Yard Sale Store. They have three locations in Middle Tennessee, and you'll always find really cool stuff you didn't even know you needed at 30 to 90% off retail. Check them out at yardsalestore.com and on socials at Yard Sale USA. Your name is Mom.